hi, my name is Scott, and I have read all of the Harry Potter books multiple times. I've seen all of the movies, and like most of my peers, I continue to be a Harry Potter enthusiast to this day. And I'm Becky, and I have never read a Harry Potter book or seen any of the films, which makes me the ultimate muggle. Join us as we make our way through each book, section by section, where Becky will make predictions about what she thinks will happen next. And Scott will try to convince me why it's a good series worth reading and maybe even worth loving. Hi, everyone. Welcome to A Muggle's Guide to Hogwarts, where we are exploring the Harry Potter series with the ultimate muggle, someone who has never read the books, never seen the movies, and never, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> One more. Ever. Never wanted to do it. <laughs> but I asked her nicely to do it on a podcast with me, and now she's doing it. Yeah. And here yeah. we are. This we is the last are. episode. Yeah. Of season two. Yeah. This is the last episode of season two. We finished Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. We sure did. Oh, we did. Oh. Big time. We finished it good. Oh, yeah. It didn't have a chance. Yeah. We read that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except for the one time I fell asleep. You do that a lot. I'm tired. Yeah. We're busy people. We got stuff going on. Yeah. But we picked it back. We figured out where I fell asleep. And then we picked it back up <laughs> <laughs> later. So here we are. We're going to talk about the last three chapters of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. If you're just hopping on for this episode, that's weird. Go back and, and listen from the that? beginning. I don't know. Go back and listen to season two and then listen to all of season one. It's very fun. Yeah. But today we're going to talk about the last three chapters of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And then we're just going to have some fun. We're going to talk about kind of overall impressions of the story of the series so far. We have a little exercise planned for Becky because she's she's good at a lot of things and I'm gonna <laughs> maybe ask her some trivia questions I don't know we're gonna figure it out uh, but she's not gonna make predictions this week because there's nothing to make predictions for mm-hmm. and then our next episode will probably be a bonus episode where we watch the movie and review the movie and just kind of talk about how it's similar or different from the book and uh, Becky's expectations and feelings about that we'll see who knows yeah. That might happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you want to go through the chapters? Yeah, yeah. This, um, I have to say, this ending was kind of surprising and unfolded in a way that, like, I just don't think I could have predicted at all. You know what's funny is there's a couple of episodes, like, the beginning of the book is really hard to predict mm-hmm. because... It's hard to tell where the plot is going. Mm-hmm. There's very few things that establish the plot early yeah. in the book. It seemed like they weren't even working towards anything. Like this one random thing would happen and then it would be done and then another random yeah. thing would happen. And I was like, oh, is she just trying to like establish their life at Hogwarts? So I really did not put together some of the pieces, nor do I think you really can. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. But then there's a couple of, episodes Mm -hmm. where your predictions are really really good because Mm -hmm. the plot is opening up and you're you know you're very intuitive you understand how stories work and you can kind of piece together what's happening with like surprising accuracy a lot of the time and then we get to the last episode here the last three chapters and the ending is so weird and off the wall (laughs) so it's so different from what you (laughs) predicted would happen yeah yeah Definitely. I I loved your prediction, by the way. I because last episode we were talking about who you think mm. the monster is and who you think the heir of Slytherin is, and you didn't really have a good, clear idea of who the heir of Slytherin is. But you also had a really cool idea about the monster not being like an actual creature. Yeah, there were there were some truths to kind of what I was feeling and what I was kind of figuring was happening they just kind of unfolded in a very different way Mm -hmm. than i thought they would yeah um and they unfolded in like a more magical way like i I did not anticipate 
this boy being manifest from this diary, you know, like things like that. I was like, no idea about that. Um, yeah, that's kind of more of the not a physical kind of monster, more of a manifestation manifestation of something of an emotion or a yeah. feeling. Well, even how he was saying he got his power from like writing to Jenny and the more she fed him and like fed on her fears, the more powerful he got. And like that was kind of what I was meaning. Yeah. But it just ended up being a physical manifestation of it. And there was also a, a monster. And there was a, a monster, monster. But it also was tied to Voldemort because I was like, how are they going to bring this back? Like, we haven't even heard of him in a super long time. So, and it tied it all together in very interesting ways and with very interesting things throughout the book that it was like putting together the pieces. I, I have to say, I really enjoyed this ending. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. We kind of got a little ahead of ourselves. So do we want to talk through sure, chapter sure, 16? Sure. Yeah. So chapter 16 is called the Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of the book. Sure is. So it's a pretty important chapter. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So we find out that the creature in the chamber is a basilisk. Right. Is that, does that just mean a big snake or is that a specific kind of? Oh, snake. I've, I've never heard that word before. That's a good question. And I, th- I was going to ask our resident biologist. <laughs> I think basilisks exist in like mythology. I mm. think I think they're like kind of like, you know, a cryptid like creature, but more not really a cryptid. It's it's more of a mythological creature. So I think the idea of a basilisk has been around for a while, mm-hmm. but I don't really know what the established definition of what a basilisk is and i think that jk rowling probably took some liberties there and created a monster that she wanted to create based on like an established kind of mythological creature gotcha so there's not like a a real category of giant snakes called like the basilisk family or anything. no no no, okay i didn't know that i I know of yeah yeah but they were using it in like a super like pedestrian way like oh it must be a basilisk and they say it a bunch of times and i was like is this a normal word is this like a british thing like is this a i don't think so they okay yeah we're still getting ahead of ourselves (laughs) but no that was like that was my first note from the chapter oh okay yeah they they talk about basilisk like harry figures out that it's a basilisk because that's why he's hearing the voice Mm -hmm. and it's in the pipes and like well hermione figures it out and she wrote it on a note and it was crumpled in her hand and uh when ron and harry go and visit her they they find the note crumpled in her hand and they pull it out and It's notes on the basilisk. But yeah, so then they put it all together from the note or whatever. But like they just say it like it's a a normal. Yeah, but they they don't know about it until that note. Like they don't know what a basilisk is. What did the note say again? It was a long note from Hermione that. It was a page out of a library book. Yeah, was it a page? Yeah, it was a page. Because she said, I have to go to the library. And then it was a page out of the library book. And uh, and it was. A paragraph explaining what the basilisk is. Right. And you can't look directly at it its eyes. Who its mortal enemy is. Right. And it says spiders flee from it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and they said you can't look directly at its eyes. And then immediately they they like know how everyone got petrified and didn't die. And they're like, oh, reflection in the water, mirror, through a ghost. Yeah. Like all of yeah. these things. And it's just once again, just. They just know it all instantly. Yeah, they read that note and Harry was like, everything makes perfect everything, sense and instantly. It's, and it's traveling through the pipes and I can hear it because it's a snake and I speak parcel tongue. And Don't you think, you know, other people would still be able to hear the snake hissing? Because mm, like Harry question. communicates with snakes by hissing, right? Like that's the... Would it, just, language. would it just sound like hissing pipes, though? Would yeah, it sound maybe. like... I mean, Hogwarts is pretty old. Yeah, what, maybe right? it's like subtle enough or like deep in the walls enough that people wouldn't think it's anything. Yeah, mm. just like a slight hissing is different than hearing like words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's the basilisk. I, I'm, I don't think it's a thing that exists. I don't think there's like a family of basilisk snakes in biology. 
but I do think it's been established in mythology for a while. And I think she kind of took some creative liberties for it. Like, I actually don't really know what the real mythological definition of a basilisk is. But it's weird here that she's like, spiders flee from it because they're mortal enemies and the the crow of the rooster kills it. Oh, yeah. 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 That was There's weird. like weird hints that she drops throughout the whole book indicating what this creature is. But it doesn't like but we wouldn't know. We wouldn't until know because if especially end. if it's not a real thing. I think that's what I was yeah. thinking of. Um so, yes. yeah, so in this chapter, they go and they're really trying to go and see Moaning Myrtle because they learned from Aragog in the previous chapter that Moaning Myrtle was the girl that, well, they figured it out. She said there was a girl that died in a bathroom. Yeah. And they're like, it must be Myrtle because that's the only person they know that died in a bathroom. Totally. So they want to go and talk to Myrtle. They get, they get caught. caught. And then they go to. They have to, they're pretending to go visit their friend. Yeah. <laughs> But, and then they learn about the basilisk. Yes. They learn about the basilisk and then they're like, okay, do they learn where the entrance is or they just know it must be in that bathroom somewhere because of what Myrtle told them? Yeah. Well, they don't go to Myrtle at that instant. They think that the entrance is probably in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Because it's using the pipe. Mm-hmm. But then they they don't go directly to Myrtle. They like are thinking about it and then go back to school or whatever. Well, they're hiding in the closet with in the staff room. Yeah, well, that happens a little later because Jenny Weasley gets taken into the Chamber of Secrets. And there's, yeah, a, and there's that's when they a message hide. on the wall. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's when they hide. Yeah, because all the students are supposed to go to their dorms and the teachers are going to have like a quick emergency meeting, but Ron and Harry are already in the teacher meeting room. Why are room. they already in the teacher meeting room? Um, Did they go there to head them off? No, they were already... They they were looking for something from Lockhart. I don't. Know. We have to look it up. They're figuring out the pipes thing. I think they're still in the hospital. Yeah, they're figuring out all this pipes thing, and then they're running away. And but they don't want to be discovered hanging around another corridor, so they run straight to the deserted staff room. Oh, they just happen to go to yeah. the staff. Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. They just happen to be in there. <laughs> And then McGonagall's voice comes over yeah, the intercom. Gotcha. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they just happen to be in the staff room, and then they overhear a conversation where McGonagall tells the teachers that Ginny Weasley was taken into the chamber, and they ask Gilderoy Lockhart to go take care of it because he's been bragging so much about how he knows where the entrance is, mm-hmm. basically just to get him out of their way. And then Harry and Ron are like, well, we should probably go like tell Gilderoy what we know or what we think we know. Yeah. And right before Jenny disappears, she like has something to tell them about Percy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I talked to last episode about how Percy was acting real. Yeah. Sus. I wanted, I actually have a note about that. <laughs> I wanted to bring that up. So that kind of happens, but she gets cut off and then gets taken into the chamber and Ron and Harry overhear this conversation because they're hiding in there. And then they ask Gilderoy to go look for it right yes the, well basically they want to get him out of the way so they ask him to go and follow through on what he's been bragging about yes. for so long so he's like i'm gonna go i'll go get prepared but then we find him later like ron and harry go to him afterwards and he's like clearly trying to pack up and flee because yeah. he's a scaredy yeah. cat and he reveals all of his secrets. So this is like yeah. the big reveal of gilderoy lockhart mm-hmm. how he's a complete fraud and he steals people's stories and erases their memory right. and publishes books. Right, and so right, he right. tries to erase Ron and Harry's memory after he reveals this information. But Harry's quick on the draw. That's right. And he expel no, he Experiamus. Expelliarmus. He he disarms Lockhart. Yes. And he Lockhart loses his wand. Taught him to. Yeah. Interesting. And they throw Lockhart's wand out the window. Mm-hmm. And then they make him go with them to Moni Myrtle's bathroom. Yeah, why would they want him there? He was dead weight. Good question. Maybe they don't quite know how much dead weight he is yet. <laughs> uh... But they go to the bathroom. They talk to Myrtle. Myrtle reveals she was killed and she saw a pair of big yellow 
eyes. Through the mirror. No, no, no. She saw it real Directly, life. Because she died. Because yeah. she did. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. So that happens. And then they find like a snake engraving on a sink. And she's like, that sink has never worked. And it's, so it's all right there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Harry has to figure out how to get it to open up. Mm-hmm. He hisses at it. He hisses at it. Right. Um, he just has to imagine it's a real snake. So that is interesting. I bet they do that in a cool way in the movie if they do that. Oh, well, you'll have to wait. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And then they slide they down. Like slide down the pipe. And then I thought this was funny because once again, they slide down a pipe. And just like the kind of the climax of last book, they're like, we're miles underneath the school. <laughs> For how they like fell miles last time. Yeah. And now they're they Through slid. The yeah. Now they slid miles. And they think miles. They think they're underneath the lake, which is next to the school. Yeah. But I just want like just thinking about how far like miles is. Like Mount Everest is like what, five miles high? Five, seven, something like that. Something like that. So I don't know. Miles just seems like a long way to slide underneath something, but it's cool. It's fine. Yeah, they're underneath the lake. It's all dark and gross, and oh, yeah. they're going through five and a half miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Everest Mount Everest? Yep. Yeah. So they're down there with Lockhart, and then they're going through a tunnel. Yeah, a gross, slimy tunnel, and they find a uh, old snake skin. Yeah. I want to talk about the snake. <laughs> yes. I want to, we might be jumping a bit ahead here, but I, as, you know, as someone who studied biology, I have a real problem with people that mix up poisonous and venomous. It bothers me so much. That's like it a does. huge pet peeve of mine. And J.K. Rowling says both so many times in here she sometimes she gets it right and she describes like the snake as venomous and it and she says like the venom coursing through like and then she will say poisonous all the time it's not the same it's not the same snakes are venomous they are not poisonous would you like to educate our listeners about what the difference is Here's, here's the difference between poisonous and venomous venom is injected Venom is injected by certain animals to immobilize or kill their prey before they eat it. Poison is ingested. So like a poison dart frog secretes poison from certain glands it has. And if you were to ingest that poison, you would get sick and possibly die. So you'd have to eat the frog to get it. But venom is injected for the purposes of immobilizing or killing your prey. If you touched a poison dart frog and then like licked your fingers. Yeah. So that would be, that would be, they, they have, they secrete poison on their body. And that's why they're called poison dart frogs is because like tribal members in the Amazon would rub their poison dart frogs and the poison secreted from these frogs and, and use them in their blow darts. Hmm. But so like if you just touched a poison dart frog, you'd be okay. If you had an open wound on your finger and you touched it, you would not be okay. Mm-hmm, and if you licked a poison dart frog, you would not be you okay. You would not be okay. Oh, that's interesting, though, because about the blow darts, you're just saying. So they would use the poison glands and then make the darts, but then that's not being ingested. That's just, I guess it's puncturing and going into the yeah. bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of to- turning poison into venom. Well, so like if you ate a venomous snake, like you could, you could eat a venomous steak <laughs> yeah. and be okay unless you ate like their venom glands that they used yeah, to inject. Right. My neighbors caught a snake once and ate it. Hmm. We're talking a lot about my neighbors on this podcast. Um, you bring them up a lot. Anyway, yeah, that's 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 a huge pet peeve of mine. It is. I mean, I have to say, I apologize. <laughs> Let I'm me sure say, most people don't say, matter. Scott don't does care. not have very many things that he cares that much about like that that sounds wrong let me rephrase that scott doesn't have very many pet peeves or things that really like tick him off but mislabeling venomous and poisonous things is one of them 
yes, I hate that with a passion. <laughs> and someone's going to point out, someone is going to point out to me that there may be a poisonous snake. There may be like two species of poisonous snake that actually exist in the world, but the vast, vast majority of snakes are venomous or non-venomous and they're not dangerous. Yeah. Oh, this is, this is interesting. So last week... We had read about the Ford Anglia in the woods and we went on our hike and we saw an old rusty car and we thought that was funny. So we talked about it and we posted a picture of it, whatever. This week, yesterday, I guess, we had just read this chapter and went on a hike because we do most weekends and we saw a big snake. Yeah. A big black. What was it? A rat? It was a black rat snake. Black rat snake. It was the biggest snake I'd ever seen in the wild. The book is coming alive. It is. It's like happening in <laughs> front of us. I mean, it was a big, it was probably like three or four feet. Yeah, it was a big one. It was, it was big. really big. Those guys get pretty big. Yeah. And our dog, Theo, did not react to it at all. I was very surprised because he reacts to everything. He's not afraid of snakes. Bring it on. He could but take on the basilisk. I think he just didn't register what it was. But anyway, I just thought that was pretty wild that both weekends whatever we just read we saw on our hike anyway that was just interesting okay so one other important thing happens in this chapter lockhart steals ron's wand Mm -hmm. tries to cast a memory charm on them and it backfires and it explodes right and it brings down like part of the ceiling and completely separates harry from Ron and Lockhart. Yes. So that's like a huge thing because now Harry is completely cut off and he's got to do the the rest of the stuff by himself. Yeah, that's an interesting, once again, another parallel to the last book is that Harry has to somehow get isolated from the rest of the group uh-huh. so that he can take on some manifestation of Voldemort himself. Yes. <laughs> is that is that a thing every time? Well, you're just going to have to wait and see. <laughs> I mean, I'm not... Super mad at it. I just think it's funny. It would be kind of weird if Ron and Lockhart stumble into the last <laughs> chamber with Harry and then there's Voldemort there. That would yeah. throw the dynamic Yeah, but we don't know it's bit. him yet. We don't know it's him yet. Okay. So Harry opens the snake thing again by using his special language powers. And he's there and he sees this big statue and he sees Ginny. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Ginny's passed out. She's unconscious under this big statue. And then he sees Tom Riddle. Do you see him first or the basilisk? Tom Riddle. Yeah, Tom. Tom summons the basilisk later. Right, right, right. So he sees Ginny. She's not very alive looking. And then he sees Tom. And then Tom. Weird. Tom proceeds to explain the entire story. Yes, it is a lot of explanation. He goes through a lot to explain everything that's happened in the book. And secretly, he's been behind all of it Mm -hmm. because Jenny had this diary. She was writing to Tom the entire time. And then Harry had it for a little while. And we learn that Tom was the one that, well, we learned Tom's real identity, I guess. Mm -hmm. He reveals it to Harry by writing it in the air. His name, Tom Marvolo Riddle. And then he swishes his wand and the words rearrange themselves to I am Lord Voldemort. And then we know that Tom Riddle is Lord Voldemort. Yes. But right before he does that, he is explaining all the the Ginny things. Like, how could Ginny have killed all these roosters? How could she have done all this thing? And he's kind of like explaining how she would like wake up or she would write to him like, I don't know what I did. I woke up and I have all this blood all over me or I can't remember what I did last night and all these bad things are happening, which is very scary. That would be, that'd be terrifying. That would be really, really terrifying. (laughs) So yeah, so we know. And meanwhile, he's been like sapping her like lifeblood from Mm -hmm. her writing to him in the diary. And he's been getting stronger and stronger. Yeah. Feeding off of, her fears, right? They they definitely do say that, which I was like, see, I knew it. And eventually he gets like 
strong enough to manifest himself outside of the diary. Yes. And that's how he can talk to Harry at the end. Yeah, but he's still kind of like fuzzy. Yeah, he's got like a shimmer going on. Yeah, he's not like fully present. Yes, so then, yes, he reveals, I am Lord Voldemort. And that's a pretty big shock. I guess... I'm trying to remember, was it talked about before that Voldemort like was a student at the school and like what time frame that was? Yeah, I think maybe it was alluded to in the first book, but not like clearly stated. But this is we find out early on in this book and especially when Harry, hmm, I was going to say when he was going through the diary in the first part, but I don't think that's the case. I think Dumbledore says it a few times. Okay. I guess I should have assumed, I should have known he was a student there at some point. I think I did know that. But I guess I thought he was like an ancient bad force, like that he'd been around for oh, like hundreds yeah, no. or thousands of years. No. I guess Hogwarts he's is like only 500 years. He's like 50 years, years old. Yeah, I guess not that <laughs> long ago. And so I think not knowing that. Like if it, I feel like if I would have known that, I would have put together the pieces oh, okay. more. I feel like not knowing it is probably He seems like an ancient evil kind of thing. Like that he's been around yeah. for, since Hogwarts started. But yeah. I, I was just assuming that because he, I don't know, is old and creepy and dead looking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, now he's manifest back into his 16-year-old body which looks a little bit like Harry, which is interesting. Yeah, he points out the similarities between mm-hmm. Harry and him. Yeah, and then he gives us his whole like life story about how he was born to half-blood parents and how he was an orphan and all of these other kind of like similarities. Mm-hmm. And he reveals that he is Salazar Slytherin's heir, like mm-hmm. the last remaining true heir of Salazar Slytherin. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to get Jenny to open the Chamber of Secrets, and he's been communicating, or I guess he's been communicating through Jenny to the monster. Yes. And then he demands to know everything about Harry. He's like, how did you survive Voldemort twice? And Harry's like, um... Love. Love. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, he's, he's like... My mom sacrificed herself to protect me. True love. And Voldemort's like, oh, yeah, totally. I should have seen that coming. <laughs> <laughs> should have prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, that that's really still funny. And then there's a battle. Yeah, well, and then Fox shows up. Yeah, did you see that coming? No. Well, I knew that. I don't know how you could. Fox was in this section because you told me and I couldn't really place what I d- he did I, last time. I told time. you both the sorting hat and Fox. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know. I have well, I mean, no. Who, who could see that coming? <laughs> I said that there was going to be a trap and the hat was going <laughs> to fall on his head. I thought that was an interesting idea. <laughs> um, no, not that at all. The phoenix just shows up randomly and brings the hat, which then gives Harry a sword. Yeah, I was like, what are they going to do with this hat? But I didn't realize the hat had other powers besides... What we knew yep. already. That's the only time it ever does. Yeah. <laughs> and, really? Yeah. Just one time it manifested a sword. He just like shows up one time, gives Harry a sword, and that's, <laughs> there's no other special powers that it has. Yeah. But this phoenix, this phoenix was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Big, big deal. So, I mean, are we assuming that Dumbledore sent the phoenix, like sensed that something was going on and sent his phoenix with the sorting hat? I don't think so. I think Dumbledore explains it as Harry showed real loyalty to Dumbledore, and that is what called Fox to him in that moment of need. Mm. Do you remember back when Hagrid was getting arrested, Dumbledore said basically to Harry and Ron that help will always be given to those at Hogwarts, to those who ask for it? Mm-hmm. And I think this was the kind of the explanation for that. Like Harry was desperately asking for help. He needed help. He showed loyalty to Dumbledore. And so Fox showed up and then he asked for help again and he was able to pull that sword out of the hat. Okay. So I think that's kind of the connection there. But I don't know if Dumbledore knew what was going on because Dumbledore was, I guess, technically not in the school at that moment. I yeah. Don't know. Well, just because... 
Tom Riddle says, this is what Dumbledore sends his defender, a songbird and an old hat. Good point. Good point. But maybe it, maybe it's not a direct sending. Maybe it's just like, a, like you're saying, they're more like linked because of who Harry is and who Dumbledore is. And that's a good point on. though. He does explicitly say, this is what Dumbledore sends. Yeah. But he's also a liar. So who knows? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and then he summons the basilisk, right? Yeah. Voldemort summons the basilisk to kill Harry. The fox, the phoenix, like pokes out its eyes, like blinds the the basilisk mm-hmm. so that it can't see, so that Harry can run around right. and look at it. Right, because Harry's trying to like keep his eyes closed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that'll be that'll be tough. And then he gets a sword and he stabs the sword through uh, like the face, the roof of his uh, mouth. Yeah, the mouth of the basilisk. Mm-hmm. In at the same time, he gets stabbed by one of the stuck? fangs. I think it gets stuck like a toothpick going the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've bad pictured. Yeah, the bloody eyes thing is terrifying. <laughs> Don't like that. Um, yes, but then he gets punctured by one of the fangs. Yes, and which is bad news. There's venom going into him, but then Fox flies down. And cries on him. Cries on him because <laughs> don't you remember that Phoenix have healing powers? They're yeah, teal, and Tom, tears heal. Tom Riddle just forgot about it too. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, your bird's crying. Oh yeah. shit, healing powers! I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that one thing. <laughs> and so, believe it or not, Harry's totally fine. He doesn't die in the second book in crazy, the series. Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. Right, but then. Clever, clever boy, as it were, he stabs the diary with the venomous tooth. Yeah. And it oozes blood, which I think is kind of cool. Oozes ink. Ink blood? Yeah, ink blood. Blood ink? Yeah. And Tom Riddle dies or disappears. Yeah. Like destroys that version of him. Yeah. Which. It's kind of crazy, but I kind of like it. Yeah, it was. it's kind of a cool ending, like mm-hmm. a cool death of mm-hmm. Voldemort in that instance. Yeah, like how would you know that that would happen? I guess if the book is his source of power, then, yeah, I don't know. Well, Fox literally picks up the diary and drops it on Harry. And so Harry's like, oh, okay. Maybe I'll stab it. Yeah, Fox really saves yeah, the day he's here. He's really the hero. Yeah. <laughs> Harry does all I kept on nothing. saying it was going to be a big deal because he's like, he's bigger than Harry on the front cover of this yeah, book. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. He's got to do something big. <laughs> this has to be important. And not only does he like basically, he saves Harry, he blinds the basilisk, he drops the book on him, and then he flies them out. Right. Like, they right. can't, there's no <laughs> other way out. He flies them out. Absolutely essential in the <laughs> resolution of this book. But I'm into it. I like I like it. Our Phoenix? Never mind. Okay. I retract the question. And that's basically what happens in that chapter. And then the next chapter is called Dobby's Reward. So they go back to McGonagall. Everyone's there. Everyone's taken care of. They explain everything. Mm-hmm. And it, <laughs> this was funny. When we were reading this, you pointed this out. It, they talk about how Harry talks nonstop for a quarter of an hour yeah they're like he talked and talked and talked for a quarter of an hour i was like 15 and, then they're, minutes? and then they're like his voice was getting so hoarse <laughs> from talking so much for 15 well, minutes yeah just these 15 minutes does not seem like long enough to tell that whole story <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was laughing at that um and then once again just like last book he gets a little special moment with old dumbledore a little special solo time where they get to have a heart-to-heart. Dumbledore explains a little bit more what happened when Voldemort killed his parents and tried to kill Harry. Because Harry's like, how come I can speak parcel tongue and I should have been a Slytherin and the hat said this. And Dumbledore's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so we get a little more information about like, so, so some of Voldemort's powers had transferred to Harry when the attempted murder happened, right? Yeah. And that's what, like, the hat, that's what the hat was sensing. That's why it was like, well, you could be a little bit of Slytherin, you could be Gryffindor. And so that's 
what it was sensing. So that kind of, I feel like that put to rest Harry's struggle with, was I supposed to be in Slytherin? I mean, maybe not completely put it to rest, but it, it highlighted, I guess what the, the moral of the story at that point is that Dumbledore says is because of your choices, you're in Gryffindor, right? Like you chose not to take that path and you made the choice to be a better person, essentially. Yeah, I think that reveal that Dumbledore gives where it's Dumbledore kind of reveals that some of Voldemort's power was transferred over to Harry and that's why he sh- he would be great in Slytherin. Like he figures mm-hmm. out that's why the Sorting Hat wanted to put him in Slytherin. I think that kind of scares Harry at the beginning. That's like that would be a scary thought, right? Yeah, I guess so. But it's also kind of validating if you're if you're pure of heart, as so far Harry seems to be. That would be scary. If you were someone else, that would be really exciting, right? Perhaps. So I think that's what they're saying, right? Yeah, and also you're right. Dumbledore says. The main difference between Voldemort and Harry is the power of choice Mm -hmm. and that Harry made the choice not to be in Slytherin. Like Mm -hmm. he was presented with the option from the hat and he chose not to be placed in Slytherin. And that's something that Voldemort would have never done. Mm -hmm. And specifically, he says, Dumbledore says, your choices are more important than your abilities. Right. And that's also why Harry can speak Parseltongue is because right. he was granted yes. that power by Voldemort, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the little Dumbledore Harry moment. Mm-hmm. And Super cute. In walks Lucius Malfoy with. Old Dobby. Old Dobby. Old Dobby <laughs> by his side. And they, yes. there's this little thing that plays out where Lucius is all mad that they call it the culprit and Dumbledore is back and like. Right, but we find out that Lucius had like coerced the other board members or governors, I guess they're called, yeah. to signing by, the letter. By literally threatening their families. Yeah. He's not a good guy. No, he's not. Also, I want to point out that that Dobby is the Malfoy's house elf, which mm-hmm. Harry just immediately assumed the very first time he met him in his yeah. bedroom, which is like... They're like, hmm, who could that <laughs> elf work for? It must yeah. be Lucius Yeah, Malfoy. this whole time I've been like, I bet Dobby is like connected to like ha- like someone else, something else, but <laughs> nope, just the first yeah, uh, uh, don't. first thing that came to mind. Yeah, it's not complicated. Yeah, 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 it's not. And he's like running after Lucius and he's like like underfoot trying to polish his shoes. And then he does this weird thing where he's like pointing and punching himself in the head. What was the punching in the head yeah, around? Well, he, was, he was pointing to Lucius and then like pointing to the diary. Right. And then hitting himself in the head. And that the hitting himself in the head was because he was punishing himself for. Oh, for like tattling? Yeah, for like disobeying. Oh, I thought he was like. Knock him out. That's the like. thing. That's the thing with Dobby is like for this whole book, he's had to punish himself for whenever he disobeys his masters, right? And now we know his masters are horrible, terrible people, and mm-hmm. so whenever he interacted with Harry, he was disobeying his masters. Got but it. Uh, but yeah, so he was just trying to tell Harry that Lucius gave Ginny the diary. Yeah, which we kind of we did see that moment, right? He like picked up her it's, book yeah. and dagging out like pretty but that's, quickly. But that's though, a right? moment that you don't register no, until you go yeah. back and read it again. Yeah. And, and you can pick up like that is actually established in the book early on. Yeah. It's like a good, like a good mystery novel yeah. where like the clues are exactly. super like dismissible until you get to the end. Exactly. Yeah. And then they leave and Harry gets this idea. And so he takes off his sock and he puts <laughs> his, his like slimy sock. It like specifies that yeah, the sock is still gross, really gross sock. from the chamber. Or yeah, whatever. it's really gross. He takes it off. He puts the diary inside the sock somehow. OK, how big is this diary? I don't know. And how big is this sock? Or I guess how small is this diary? And how big is this yeah, sock? Yeah, these are some big costuming questions here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I need to know. Because if if I... See, if I had to do this scene and find... It could be like one of those like really small... Like, yeah, those like little pocket calendar size yeah. things. But I guess I thought it was like more like a moleskin size. Yeah. That's what I think most people think of. Like not to be brand placement, but you know. 
But anyway, so he puts the diary in the sock, gives the sock back to Lucius, and Lucius, like, pulls the sock off the diary and throws it, and Dobby happens to catch it. Yeah. And that is enough to free Dobby. Yes, which is great, and I did predict it. However, it's also odd to me that it was the example they used when he was like, oh, you can't give a house elf any clothes. Masters are scared to even hand him a sock Mm -hmm. for fear of accidentally freeing them. And I'm like, they had to use the same exact (laughs) piece of clothing. I I think this is an interesting point, too, because he doesn't hand Dobby a sock. They clearly state that he, like, throws the sock away. But Mm -hmm. I guess he happens to throw it in the direction of Dobby. And then Dobby happens to catch it. Right. That's not like there was no action of him giving right a sock away he, right. he just threw a sock away i don't know i think this brings up a lot of questions about <laughs> freeing elves and servitude and like what is the line there because i would not consider that him giving dobby a sock but i guess it is so why was dobby trying to stop harry so badly I don't know. Like what? He, so. Oh, cause, okay. So did Dobby know that Lucius had given Jenny the diary? Well, he, he shows up before that happens in Harry's house. Remember Dobby shows up yeah, at the very beginning of summer and he's holding back all of his letters from his friends even before that, before they go shopping. So he must know that Lucius is planning on doing that like planning on Mm. opening the chamber in some way. And so his instinct is, even though he's never met Harry, never talked to him before, his instinct is to try and save Harry's life because I guess the purpose of opening the chamber is for Harry to die? I don't know. He's not Mm -hmm. a mudblood. That's a weird one. Isn't he a half-blood, though? He's a half-blood. Yeah. But he's not not a pure-blood. He's not a pure-blood. But he's a half-blood. Yeah. Maybe Slytherin was against half-bloods, too. I guess guess that makes sense. So his instinct was to warn Harry about some impending danger happening. Mm -hmm. And he probably, I guess he heard all about kind of Lucius' plans. And and then so he kind of shows up periodically to try and get Harry to leave or like incapacitate him in some, some way so he'll be sent away. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little wild. I mean, we're not done with Dobby, right? You said he shows up more. Oh, we are not done. And he becomes more likable, maybe? We are not done. You you didn't you don't like him yet? Eh. I'm glad he's <laughs> free and not going to, hopefully not going to be hurting himself or... Oh, my goodness. The whole house elf journey is just beginning. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, That was it. The end. Then they go back... For summer. Don't forget that Dumbledore also gives Ron and, and Harry 200 house points each yes. so they easily win the house cup again. Yeah. That, that was nice. I forgot about that. That was nice of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they have a big feast like in the middle of the night, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. In their pajamas. Yeah. Pajama party. And then he gives, uh, Harry gives Ron and Hermione his phone number so they can call. Oh, yeah. That's why. Yeah. Uh, don't they have some more magic wit? Well, I guess they're not they supposed to use, use magic. magic. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. He was like, just call me. And that's the end of the book. That's it. Yay. Woohoo. We did it. Two books down. All right. So I have some questions that I want to ask. Okay. Did you like the book? Did you not like it? How do you feel about it? I liked like the last third of the book. Mm. Why? Why was that the part you liked? I liked, especially this last section, how all those seemingly arbitrary details or things that had happened were all connected. Even though like the way they're all connected and stuff, it's still kind of like silly or a little bit odd when you look at it. There's still a lot to put together. It's always fun when 
at the end of a book, at like the resolution of a book, you can go back and you mm-hmm. find things that are relevant throughout the entire story yeah. that you don't really consider while you're reading it. Totally. That's like why time. like whodunits are so fun. Yeah, exactly. And this is, you've explained this as like a mystery novel. Mm-hmm. Like this is a mystery story the entire way. And there are little clues hidden about throughout the entire story. Yeah. As well as like red herrings and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I liked it. What didn't you like about it? Hmm. I didn't love the spider thing and that didn't end up really being that. I guess that's the creature Hagrid was taking care of. Yeah. I didn't love Aragog. Why not? Because they just like weren't that helpful and tried to eat them after. Yeah. Just kind of a mean spider. Yeah. Yeah. He does help them make the connection to Myrtle. True. And that's pretty important. True. Yeah. Was there anything that happened in the story that was like super unexpected that caught you off guard i think the diary like the writing in the diary and it disappearing and then like it writing back i that was unexpected i had predicted like the diary doing its like video show and tell thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i hadn't thought about the writing even even when harry was writing to it and it was writing back That was like a small taste of it. But then to learn how like Ginny had been doing it and it was like gaining all this power and feeding off of it. And she had been like writing all her secrets. And then she got so nervous when Harry had the diary because she thought somehow he might be able to access like what she'd written or like the diary would tell him. Anyway, I I liked that. I think the Ginny reveal is huge. I think so, too. Yeah, because no one suspects Ginny. Of course not. But then you can go back and, and you know, she pops up and like is kind of nervous and she feels mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And like J.K. Rowling like describes that specifically a few times. And then she comes up at the end to tell Ron and, and Harry something important. Right. And then Percy comes up and oh, she yeah. runs away. And apparently Percy, the big secret was he had a girlfriend. Had a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why he'd been acting weird and was worried about prefects. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was a nice red herring. But you you brought up uh, I think you know last episode or a couple episodes ago how new you suspected like kind of newly introduced characters to play some uh, somewhat of a larger role like mm-hmm. you you Lockhart. even mentioned that Lockhart might yeah. be the heir you know yeah and Ginny you didn't even think about but she's she's new. a new major character right. I mean she was mentioned twice in the first book but here she plays a much more significant role all the way through and she is the the big bad at the end well she's been like the under a spell yeah, yeah whenever it was talking about her doing all those things i still thought while we were reading it in fact like i wrote it down i still thought lockhart was involved and was erasing her memories yeah that's clever but he was he's, he's not that clever that <laughs> was wasn't. a clever idea but he's not that yeah, smart yeah i just thought it was interesting that we we had this person that erases memories and then she's losing her memories, but it was just still all like being kind of like intoxicated by the diary yeah, situation. Yeah. At the end of the day, Lockhart is an idiot mm-hmm. and he steals, it's a charlatan, he steals people's stories and it doesn't go beyond that. It doesn't, yeah. So I think my favorite part of the book was this book being kind of a character in and of itself. Cool. Yeah, that's a... It's an interesting one. And the diary is not even introduced until like halfway through the story. Yeah. And the Phoenix was awesome. The Phoenix is pretty cool. Yeah. Fox is fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who is your fit in this story? Who is your favorite character? And who's your least favorite character? Hmm. I think my least favorite is Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> She's obnoxious <laughs> and she doesn't really get resolution. Does she show up in more books? She does. Okay. But not, I feel like they were. They're I not going to they get were, any more resolution. I thought though. they were going to find a way to like, in whatever they did, would at least like free her from the bathroom. Like she'd been stuck there for some weird reason. And like now she'd at least be able to like be like the other ghosts and like fly around. She mentions that she like specifically came back to haunt the person that was making fun of her when she died. Which was Tom. Yeah. No, it was some other. She. When she her the story of her death is some girl was making fun of her glasses. She runs into the bathroom to cry 
because mm, girls, and that's when girls she, cry girls in bathrooms. Girls cry in bathrooms. And, <laughs> I told you. And then that's when the monster came out and killed her. And then she yeah. came back to haunt that girl specifically. But we still don't know who that is. Uh, it's unimportant. It it's was unimportant. something okay. Hornby is the name. Not important. Okay. My favorite character. Hmm. I'm trying to think who. I mean, can Fox be my favorite character? Sure, yeah. yeah. Fox is my favorite character. Yeah. Fox is awesome. Yeah. And Fox comes back again mm-hmm. and again as well. I had a thought about Fox. Yeah. That it's spelled like Guy Fox. Interesting. Yeah. It's F-A-W-K-E-S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wondered if there was a parallel because phoenixes explode and come back to life. And maybe I was like, is he named after uh, Guy Fox? We we know that J.K. Rowling is not subtle with her names at sure all. Not. Maybe yeah. that's a really good. He thought. Was, I mean, he was a bad guy, but he did. Does anybody explode stuff? Does do do any of you guys listening know what the origin of Fox's name is? Is that what it is? Because that would be really cool. Do a little research about it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's probably my favorite and least favorite cool. character. Those are good ones. Last question is, what are your, your thoughts overall? You've read the first story. You've read the second one. How do you feel overall about the series? Do you want to keep going? Are you getting more into it? I think I am getting a little more into it like I was more excited to read these chapters than I was the first book Mm -hmm. and I can already tell that the books are growing up a little bit like this one is a little darker and a little more intense than the last one that was mostly silly and fun yeah (laughs) so I can already see a little bit of that and so I think I will continue to enjoy more and I've heard that the third one is like maybe one of the best ones so I'm yeah. I'm and I know it has something to do with time travel and you and I both love time travel stories. So I'd say like I'm more excited to read the third one than either one or two at all. The third book is considered by many to be the best book in the mm. series. It has a cool name too. What's it called? It's Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Azkaban. Azkaban reminds me of Arkham's Asylum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Batman. Yeah, it's it's considered by many to be the best one. And uh, I'm glad you're liking it. I'm glad you're getting more on board. Getting there. I was probably like a five out of ten after the last (laughs) one. I was probably like right in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) And now I think I might be closer to like a seven. I think that's kind of how these books work. I think like I've always said that I think the first book was kind of written as a standalone. I think this book was written as a standalone. And then mm. the third book is where it's like the series picks up. You can tell that J.K. Rowling was starting to think about how they're actually going to come together and how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so this is, I think, the third book is the start of the actual kind of journey for Harry and his friends at this point. Great. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so we got one fun thing that we want to do. This is going to be really tough for Becky, but because J.K. Rowling has been doing these things with names, and because in this book specifically, there's a very important anagram in Tom Marvolo Riddle revealing that he's a Lord Voldemort. I also like that it's not just like a name to name. His name translates to I I am name. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just a rearranging of letters. (laughs) I also want to point out that when you were making predictions about Aragog, you thought that that was an anagram. I did. I was like, wait, what can this be? Yeah. And I, when you said that, I was like, oh, my God, what if she predicts that Tom Riddle's name is an anagram? Well, they did it cleverly by making it initials. T.M. Riddle, mm-hmm. like you don't really think yeah. anything. But then if you see the whole thing, you're like, May, I mean, strange. yeah. And it's a weird like Marvolo is a weird mm-hmm. name. And yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so. I put together some anagrams, and when I say that is I wrote things out and put them through an anagram-like website, <laughs> and the, they generated anagrams for a couple of oh, Harry Potter-specific things for Chamber of Secrets. Are you going to test me on yeah. right now? Yeah, right now. On the spot. Right, okay. So I have these anagrams written oh out. God. I want to see if you can rearrange these letters and come up with the actual name or phrase, okay? okay. So it's name or phrase. Specifically related to Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Some of them are hard. Some of them are, I think, are more easy. Okay. But here we go. The first one is 
Bale Kiss, B-A-I-L-K-I-S-S. And uh, the anagram is for one word. Basilisk. Ah, okay. All right. All right. That was the first one. That was the first one. Okay. Okay. The second one is Dumbo Old. And this is an anagram for, it's, it's one word. So combine those two words, rearrange the letters into one word. I want to say Dumbledore, but it, there's not the right letters there. Uh, Mudblood. Yes. <laughs> good one. Wow, you're good at this. Okay. Mudblood. Nice. All right. You want to keep going? Yeah. All right. The next one is Howl Owl Wimping. Whomping Willow. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Good luck on this one. Flower Pot Shields. Oh, gosh. How'd she get Whomping Willow? Okay. I guess Wimping <laughs> it's and just Whomping. Whomping <laughs> it. All right. Okay, flower hold on, Pot hold Shields. On. I- Flu pow no. This is a hard one. Mm-hmm. Are the other ones harder than this? I think this is the hardest one. There's one more after this, and it's pretty hard, but this one I think is the hardest one. Okay, give me a second. Flower pot shields. Three words. Okay, I'm gonna have to skip this one and come back to you it. You wanna come back to it? Yeah. Okay. We'll come back to flower pot shields. The last one I have is dragon fail. <laughs> Dragon fail, two words. Okay. Aragon something? Is it Aragon something? No. Okay, well, it does have all the letters for Aragon in it. Well, the name is <laughs> Aragog is the name. Oh. Ar- Aragon. Aragon's from the Lord That's of the Lord Rings. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I keep on getting these mixed up. <sighs> this okay. one, do you want a hint for this one? Or dragon fail? Yes. This is like your mortal enemy of things you've been mispronouncing. <laughs> Ford Anglia. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Ford <laughs> okay. Anglia. Okay, I want to try flower pot shield. All right, don't look because I have to look at what it is. I forgot what it was. You forgot what it was. Okay. All right. You forgot what it was. Flower, flower pot shields. So okay. this is... um. This is a phrase. It's a three-worder. Three-worder. It's a three-word phrase. Who says it? Hagrid. Is it missing any letters the way that Hagrid speaks? No. The way that he misses nope. letters? Nope. I wanted to say, shouldn't have told you that. <laughs> you want another hint? Oh, I should be able to get it. Yeah, one more hint. He says this to Ron and Harry before he's taken away. Is this when he's like being... Yeah, he's talking to them, but he's not. He's like feed yeah, Fang, exactly. but he also says, "Oh, follow the spiders!" Yes. Yay! <laughs> all right, all right. Nice job. Wow, you're good at that. Uh, you are pretty good at pot that. Flower pot shield. <laughs> Tough Dragon one. Dragon That was fun. That was fun. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to season two as we went through Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. We had a ton of fun doing this, and we hope that you did, too. I think we're going to be back. I think we're going to be doing our next episode probably as a bonus episode where we just watch the movie and kind of talk about how it relates to the book and things that are different and see how Becky feels about that. Yeah. And can we read more stories? Oh, you want to read more stories? Yeah, can we read a couple more listener stories like we did last time? I thought that was nice on the bonus sure, episode, Sure, yeah, yeah. We'd love it if you guys, if our listeners, if you have a Harry Potter memory or a story related to Harry Potter that you want to share with us, we would love for you to share it with us. Please send us a message on Instagram. You can send us a message on Twitter. You can also email us. We have a website. It's called amuggles.guide.com. And shoot us an email. There's a contact link on there. Shoot us an email to send us your story. We'd love to hear it. And we'll pick out our favorite ones and we'll read them. Yeah, on, I liked uh, that. On the next episode. I like hearing people's personal connections with it. It just makes it more meaningful than just like, oh, it's just like a kid story. Like people have really interesting stories about it. And usually like anytime I'm talking to someone and our podcast comes up, People usually have like a go-to story or memory about it. And I really like hearing those. Yeah, me too. Our Instagram is Muggles Guide Podcast. Our Twitter handle is Muggles Guide. 
and our website is immuggleguide.com. So any of those ways you can get in contact with us, we'd love to hear your stories. And uh, thank you in advance, and thanks for coming along with us. We're having a ton of fun. Uh, Yeah, we'll see you soon after we watch the movie. Bye. Bye. Thank you.